0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدينهم سبلنا وان الله لغا المحسنين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Al-Qayyisu man dana nafsahu wa amila lima ba'dal mawt wal-aajiz man atba'a nafsahu hawaha wa tamanna ala al-amani aw kama qala al-Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Most respected all of my ikram, brothers and elders So that Allah great gift and favor upon us Allah Ta'ala allowed us to witness this mubarak month of Ramadan. Alhamdulillah, we gained the tawfiq to fast for the entire month. Allah Ta'ala allowed us to perform the tarawih salah, to make the tilawah of the Quran Sharif, to engage in other various ibadat. All this is a very great bounty and favor from Allah Ta'ala, for which we should be very, very grateful. We should make deep shukr And Allah Ta'ala Promise is, if you are grateful for my bounties, I will increase it. And there is no bounty greater than the bounties of deen. That a person gets the tawfiq, gets the ability to do what is going to get him closer to Allah, Ta'ala, that will take him onto the road of Jannah. There is nothing greater than that. So therefore, we should be very grateful to Allah Ta'ala and make deep shukr for these bounties and blessings of deen, together with the bounties and blessings of dunya etc this is the main thing this month of Ramadan came we are now in the last moments of this Mubarak month the issue is what has this month taught us what lesson did it give us was the month of Ramadan for Ramadan or have we now charged our spiritual batteries to continue for the rest of the 11 months in the way that we conducted ourselves in Ramadan so this is what Ramadan was all about not just that we may confine this month or restrict ourselves to doing righteousness in this month and thereafter regard ourselves as now free that we can do as we wish and those na'uzubillah shackles that were upon us in the month of Ramadan are now out So as a result we may go where we want we may now patronize the vice dens again we may now go into all the clubs and whatever else and cover up for uh, that month that we didn't manage to go, then we have totally lost what the objective is. We have defeated the whole purpose and Allah forbid that this will be a terrible ingratitude for this great gift and bounty Allah Ta'ala blessed us with. The month of Ramadan came, it was not for the sake of just confining ourselves to ibadat for this month. This was something to build ourselves. And now to continue for the rest of our year and life with that same taqwa and consciousness of Allah Ta'ala for which this month of Ramadan was given to us. So this whole month and especially the fasting, the special ibadat of this Mubarak month, one fundamental lesson this taught us is the lesson of the control of our nafs. This inner self, this nafs that every human being is challenged with, which nabi sallallahu says that this is your greatest enemy within you so this nafs which keeps inciting a person towards various things inna illa ma rahimar rabbi allah taala says this nafs its very nature is that it keeps inciting towards evil it keeps inciting a person towards things that allah taala has forbidden so during the month of ramadan especially the fasting Taught us how to keep control of this. As we discussed in the Jummah previously, that a person is fasting, he's hungry, he's thirsty, but during the day, while he is fasting, he doesn't now though that desire came, the desire came for that food, the desire came for that cold water, but he restrained himself. Why? Because he's fasting. So because he's fasting, he restrained himself. He says, I'll wait till the day, till the end of the day when the sun sets, when the Maghrib Azan is called, then I will fulfill this desire of eating and drinking. But for now, I will control it. For now, I will restrain it. So this is that lesson that the month of Ramadan gave us, this fast gave us, to control our nafs. That just as during the fast, a person says, I will control it now, I will fulfill this desire at the end of the day. So likewise, during this life, there are many things, many desires, many temptations that keep coming into this heart of insan from the whispers of shaitan and tempt him to commit that which Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. So he will now, the person who has learned the lesson of fasting, he will control the nafs. And he will say, for now I will restrain it. And the time comes inshallah with the barakat of restraining this nafs now and the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, when I will reach Jannah, then I will fulfill all these desires. For now, I will restrain it. But that day will come when Allah Taala will grant in Jannah. I added to al ما لا عين رأت ولا أذن سمعت ولا ala على قلب بشر. أو كما قال النبي صلى الله There's a hadith, a qudsi that Allah Taala says, I have prepared for my pious servants in Jannah what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard of and which no heart can even imagine the bounties and the great rewards in Jannat. So I will just restrain myself a little while here in this dunya, the short life, very short life, and inshallah all this will be fulfilled for me in the akhirat, beyond what I can imagine. So this is what this fast taught us, and this is that nafs that we have to bring under control, and which makes a person in the terminology of the hadith sharif, the title that Nabi Salaam gives, that this is a truly intelligent person. A truly intelligent person. Every person likes to be called intelligent. Nobody likes to be called a fool. So Rabbi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has defined both these words. The definitions, everybody's definitions are different. The only real authentic definitions are that which has come from Allah and his Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That is a real definition. So the dunya will call an intelligent person somebody who can really multiply the wealth of this world somebody who can make 10 into thousand and thousand into million and million into billion that will be called a very intelligent person in dunya or somebody who can fool others in some circles he'll be a very intelligent person so in his circles he's regarded as an extremely intelligent person that how he fooled others and deceived them that becomes intelligence so all these in definitions they fall by the wayside the real definitions are those which Allah Ta'ala has given us and which Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has given us. So the definition Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave that Al-Qayyis, who is an intelligent person? al kayyisu man dana nafsah. The intelligent person is he who controls his nafs. This is an intelligent person that he is being tempted to do something, to commit some sin, to do some haram, but he restrains that nafs. وَأَمِلَ لِمَا al maut, And he does actions for that which will benefit him after death. That is an intelligent person. person who is running a business and whatever the takings of the day were, he spent it. He says, well, this is something for me to spend now. So he spent the takings of the day. The next day also he spent the takings of the day. Now at the end of the month, all the payments are due. But there's no money because he spent everything as it came. So anybody will say, this is a very foolish fellow. You should have been working ahead. That now there's money that came, there's a lot to do ahead. So you need to now save the money aside, put it aside for the payments, put some aside for some investments. So now this is an intelligent businessman. But the person who spent everything as it came, says he doesn't even know how to do any business. So that is the same lesson that we have been given we understand these lessons in day-to-day dunya. But this dunya is very, very temporary. And today we are here, today we can be gone. Tomorrow is very far away. So Nabi Wasallam is saying, Al man dana nafsah. The intelligent person is he who controls his nafs. And he does things that are going to benefit him after that. He will do what benefits him in dunya but to the extent that he needs to work for dunya. Hazrat Luqman ﷺ, he said to his son, that work for the dunya to the extent that you are going to be in dunya, and work for the akhirat to the extent that you are going to be in the akhirat. The life of dunya, somebody 10 years, somebody 20, somebody 50, somebody 70, but then one day everybody has to go, and a very small fraction will make it beyond that 70, 80, 90. So everybody has to go. So this is our the extent of our life in dunya. And the akhirat akhirat is never-ending. So he said to his son that you work for dunya to the extent that you are going to be in dunya. And work for the hereafter to the extent that you are going to be in the hereafter. So this is that intelligent person. That he knows his life of the hereafter is that never-ending life. I must now prepare for this. This is the life. Harun Rashid was a very pious king He ruled over a very vast kingdom. His kingdom was so huge and vast that one day while sitting in his balcony, he saw some cloud passing overhead and just like a person sometimes makes some comment and remark, he looked at this cloud and said you may go and rain wherever you want. Go as far as you want and rain because you will still rain in my territory. So that cloud may be driven by the winds to a far off spot but that too he says is a vast part of the world he ruled over. And he was a person who had Allah consciousness in him as well. Any case, one day, there was this person by the name of Bahlul, who was a very pious person, a person madly in the love of Allah ta'ala. But people regarded him as a, he was a kind of majzoob person who was so deeply in this divine love that he didn't have any concern about the aspects of dunya. As a result, people thought he was totally insane. So they would even tease him, they would mock him, they would do all kinds of things. Harun Rashid also, though he would sometimes tease him, but he knew the value of this person. So he had given the instruction, whenever bahlool wants to come to see me, nobody must stop him. He's got full permission to come anytime. So this was the attachment he had with him too. One day, there was some gathering, Bahrul was sitting there as well. So Harun Rashid, in that same jovial moment, he told him that, bahlool I've got one amanat. I've got one trust to give you. It's said, an amanat. And he gave him one walking stick. And he told him, this walking stick I'm giving you as an amanat. The day you find a bigger fool than yourself, you must give it to him, then you would discharge this amanat. It was a kind of joke. So now everybody had a laugh about it. That he's saying that the day you find a bigger fool than yourself, then you must give it to him, then you've discharged his amanat. So Mahalur also quietly took it and kept it. He said, very well, your command, whatever it is. And that gathering finally was over, everybody went their way. And time passed, everybody even forgot about this incident. Harun Rashid also forgot about it. Much later, one day Harun Rashid fell ill, and then that illness became worse. And it became so severe that people started actually fearing that he's going to pass away in this illness. So People started coming to even visit him, console him. So as others were coming, Bahrul also came. So Bahlul asked him that, Amirul Mu'mineen, what is the problem? What's happening? So he said, Bahlul, what are you asking? What's happening? I'm on a journey now. He says, you're on a journey? He says, yes, I'm on a journey. So He asked him, well, you're going on a journey. Did you already send your security personnel up front to go and make sure everything is in order? He knew what he's talking about, which journey he's talking about, but he's playing as if he, he's not aware what he's talking about. So he says, have you sent your security personnel up front to go and see everything is in place? So Harun Rashid replied and said, Aray Bahrul, what kind of talk is this? This journey you can't send anybody ahead of you. So Bahlul ignored that answer as if he didn't realize what he's talking about. And then he said him that, have you sent all your cooks and all the other people that normally make all the arrangements for you up front when you go somewhere or foreign, you go on some journey, they go before you and they make sure everything is in place, your accommodation is sorted out, they are ready having cooked all your meals, all your favorite recipes they take along before. Have you sent all these people ahead? So Harun Rashid replied and said, Bahlur, please think what you talk. This is not that journey where you can send any cooks and anybody ahead of you. So Bahadur ignored that as well and then he carried on asking one question after the other in the same manner. That have you did this? Have you done that? Have you taken all your provisions, your luggage and whatever else? So eventually when Harun Rashid each time told him, please, you can't talk about all this in this journey. This is that journey where you can't take anything. So finally he asked him, okay, Amirul muminin how long you are going for? He said, Bahadur, this is that journey you don't come back from. So when he said this, Bahlool said, Amir I have an amanah to discharge. And saying this, he pulled out that walking stick. And he says that today I found the bigger fool than myself. And he handed this walking stick to him. He says, you go for a small journey across in your own kingdom, for a day or two, and you make so much of provisions, so many arrangements, so many preparations, and you're going to come back after one, two days, one week, one month, And all these elaborate preparations you make in advance. And now you are saying you're going on a journey from which you're not going to come back. And you haven't made any preparation for this? You haven't made preparation obviously is not that journey. The wealth of dunya is not going to help there. That journey, that wealth of dunya will help which has already gone in sadaqah. And that that wealth will help which is the wealth of good deeds. The a'mal that a person has performed already. So that... You're saying you got no provisions for that. You haven't sent these amal ahead. Your salah, have you sent your salah all done well? Is your zakat in all in place? Is that discharged? Have you sent that ahead? Have you sent all the righteousness? Or have you sent sins ahead? So this was the lesson. He said, well, this today I found a bigger fool than myself. That you're going on such a journey, you're not going to return, and you haven't prepared for it. So This is a lesson that we have been given in this hadith sharif that the person who is preparing for death and when death will come death will come at any time that a person nobody knows when his death will come we've already prepared for a hundred years in dunya but we don't know what's going to happen the next blink of an eye the next blink of an eye we could be gone So when the death will come, we have no idea. We have to prepare for that. This month of Ramadan came to teach us how to prepare for it. That we have to be always ready for the death by guarding our nafs and making amal for the akhirat. And then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam defines the next word. This was the definition of an intelligent person. The second definition Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gives, that who is a fool now this is a title nobody likes. But Nabi Salaam gave the definition that save yourself from this definition. وَالْعَاجِزُ That a fool is one who follows his desires. Whatever haram desire came, person wanted to say something, whatever he wanted to blurt out of his mouth, swear somebody, break somebody's heart, talk ill of someone, backbite of someone, whatever came in his heart, he just followed it. Whatever haram desire, he just acted upon it. He wanted to look somewhere, whether now this is going to destroy his deen, destroy his dunya also, destroy his marriage, destroy everything. But his desire came, he wants to look at that haram. So now he is looking at it. He wants to go to some haram place, whether his life might just suddenly go in that club, whether he might just suddenly drop dead pulling that one arm bandit, which Allah forbid has happened to some people, whether he will fall dead in that casino, whether he will something will happen to him on that bed of zina, but that desire came in his heart, he needs to do it. So this nabi sallallahu says, "Well, says That a fool is one who chases his desires. amani. He is just recklessly following his desires and still having hopes from Allah Taala. That doesn't matter. Everything will come right. Indeed, Allah Taala is most ghafur rahim. But where Allah Ta'ala gives us this message very clearly نَبِّئْ عِبَادِي Anni أَنَا الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Allah Ta'ala says to the Prophet ﷺ that inform my servants indeed I am most forgiving most merciful وَأَنَّ عَذَابِي هُوَ الْعَذَابُ and at the same time inform them also that my punishment is also very severe I am most forgiving and most merciful but for the one who is concerned he is trying to reach me he is trying to control that nafs and if he slips then he quickly makes toba sincerely from the depth of his heart he sheds tears of repentance he turns back to Allah Taala. then that person he will receive my forgiveness, he will receive my mercy and whatever mistakes he made I will forgive him but the person who recklessly continues to sin and doesn't even bother about what he's doing is unconcerned he feels everything will just work out for him without bothering in any way. So Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَنَّ عَذَابِي هُوَ الْعَذَابُ الْأَلِيمُ Then give him this message also, that my punishment is also severe. Allah Ta'ala's whoop sometimes cracks in dunya also. What is in the akhirat, that is a separate issue. Many a times a person thinks, I can continue doing what I want. But the whoop of Allah Ta'ala sometimes cracks in dunya. And a person is then bewildered, what happened? Where did this come from? But where it came from is our amal, our own deeds. So the intelligent person is one who works for the akhirat. And this is what this month of Ramadan came to teach us. To control this nafs. To put the pressure on this nafs and keep it subdued. But not to break the command of Allah. Taala. That if this heart breaks, let it break. Let it break for the pleasure of Allah. Taala. When this heart will break for the pleasure of Allah, ta'ala, this broken heart Allah ta'ala will mend with his love. This broken heart will be mended with the sweetness of iman that one haram glance that he didn't look at, didn't cast. النظر السهم min sihami iblisa Nabi Salaam says that Allah Tala says that this haram glance is a poisonous arrow of shaitan. <clears throat> and then Allah Taala says that ma khafati, that the person who will refrain from this out of my fear. Abdal now in that process, in refraining from this, he might sometimes feel that as if his life might go away. He might feel his heart shattering because that temptation is so strong. Because that pull in that direction is so severe. But he allows this heart to break for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala says, yajidu That I will give him in return such iman that he will taste the sweetness of that iman in his heart. Now this is that broken heart that got mended with the sweetness of iman that got mended with the love of Allah Ta'ala. So just as this applies in this case, it applies in all the other situations. Whoever person is being tempted to commit haram, to disobey Allah Ta'ala, and he restrains himself. So he is that intelligent person that Nabi Isra be is speaking about. And he is the person who will get the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala, that his mistakes will also be forgiven. And Allah Ta'ala will grant him that bounties of Jannat, which nobody can even imagine. So this Mubarak monk came to give us this lesson. Now how is this going to come? This requires an effort. And this effort is ongoing. This effort is till a person has one breath left. This effort of keeping one's nafs under control and submitting oneself to Allah Ta'ala, this will continue, that effort will have to continue till that last breath. Because till that last breath, a person cannot relax that I am now immune from anything. So what is the way that this consciousness will come alive? That I need to make this effort. I need to struggle against this nafs. So Imam Ghazali rahmatullah gives a prescription that if a person undertakes these few things, that inshallah it will open the way for him to keep moving correctly in the right direction. These few things a person undertakes on a daily basis, very simple things but very deep and very effective provided it is done daily it is done diligently and it is done properly first thing he says is when a person wakes up first thing in the morning make an, a pact with the nafs with the heart with oneself that today I'm not going to commit any sin I'm not going to disobey Allah in any way I'm going to fulfill all my obligations of deen all my five salah will be performed on time. Any other command that applies to me, I will ensure I do it completed. I will conduct myself in my business correctly. I will not take out one vulgar word from my tongue. I will not make any ghibad. I will not cast any haram glance. And in this way, he makes a pact with himself, musharata or mu'ahada, that he makes his agreement with himself that I'm not going to commit any haram today. And I'm not going to shirk in any of my dini obligations. I'm not going to cause any hurt to anybody. Then during the course of the day, now this is the first thing he will do and together with that he should make some dua. Ya Allah, I've made this pact and agreement with myself today. But ya Allah, I need your help to help me fulfill this. And I'm dependent on your protection and guidance. Then during the course of the day to keep checking, muraqaba. That I want to say this, is this something in... Conformity to that agreement I made with myself or it's against it? Am I breaking my own agreement or not? So during the course of the day, repeatedly the person is checking this muraqaba. This is muraqaba. This is time for salah now. Why am I sitting here? The agreement was I'll be in the masjid. It is time now to go and fulfill this responsibility. Why am I not doing it? I'm being tempted to commit this haram. Am I restraining myself? Or am I going against that pact? So for the course of the day, he will continue with this muraqabah. And then at the end of the day, he will make muhasabah. that he will now check within himself. He will take an account. Like the person at the end of the business day, he is now checking what came in. And everything is in order, or what are the losses or what is the profits. So now this is that muhasabah, accountability of himself. That today I spend the day, how many things went in accordance to that agreement I made at the beginning of the day? all these things alhamdulillah happened accordingly i performed all my salah, mashallah whatever else happened make shukar on that la in shakartum la ya allah you made this possible for me and that shukar must be made very deeply but a person detects well i slipped up here that wrong word came out of my mouth oh i cast that wrong glance then immediately make istighfar and tawbah and beg allah Taala's forgiveness but then together with that some muaqaba some punishment upon oneself that I made this pact and agreement why did I go against it? why did I break it? now, first, I will not go to sleep now I'll first make 8 rakats nafil, salatul tawbah I will put aside 100 rands for tomorrow to give in sadaqah so when he will do this daily in time this nafs will come under control it will initially slip it will go off the track now and then but this pressure that he will keep putting on this nafs will subdue it and this is that effort that will bring him to Allah Ta'ala. This is an effort that will get him this title of being intelligent. In the definition of Rasulullah that, man dana lima ba'da that this is that investment for the Akhirat. This is that person controlling his nafs. And in the definition of Nabi Wasallam, he is now an intelligent person. And when a person is being described as intelligent by Nabi Alaihi Wasallam, then he is going to be the one who is going to exceed others and be ahead on the day of Qiyamah. Because he was a truly intelligent person. So this Mubarak month of Ramadan came to give us this great lesson, to give us this wealth of taqwa. And this is something now we have to continue with. It must not be that the day of Eid comes and it is as if now that deen has gone. It's like a person sent his car, his vehicle to the workshop. It was in a state of disrepair. It was completely rusted, everything was broken. So now for one month it was in that workshop, everything was now cleaned out, everything was repaired. It comes out like as if new. So As soon as it comes out from that workshop and garage, the first thing he does is takes a rusty nail and he starts scratching the body of paintwork. And then he takes one brick and he smashes a windscreen. So anybody says this person what is wrong with him, One whole month this was being worked on, this was being repaired and now the first day it came out and he's already deliberately damaging it in this way. Something is not right with this person. Likewise, the month of Ramadan was a spiritual workshop for our hearts. Allah Taala made this the spiritual workshop and gave us this opportunity to remove all the rust of the hearts, to remove all the dents that had been brought about by sins, to remove all the dirt and filth that had accumulated in this with all the evils that we got involved in. Now for one month, alhamdulillah, we restrained ourselves from going to haram places. We didn't do things that we were involved in before. Now this spiritual workshop cleaned out this car, cleaned out this vehicle of the heart. Now comes the day of Eid and a person now, it's Zuhar Salah and he missed it. It's like taking that brick and smashing that windscreen. And he's now engaging in music and intermingling this is taking that rusty nail and scratching that whole paintwork so when it comes to dunya we understand that this is a very foolish thing to do after a whole month of work now to start deliberately just wrecking it again but how much more foolish it will be to wreck our hearts and wreck our deen in that manner So, this Mubarak month of Ramadan Allah Ta'ala gave us this was a spiritual workshop to repair all the dents and damages and rust of the heart now that we had this opportunity, we need to keep building on it and keep progressing in it. And that requires that we keep ourselves in the right company, in the right environments, in the environments of deen. We participate in the efforts of deen, in the programs of deen, and we make an effort on our iman, on our ibadat, on our muamalat that our monetary dealings are also in order, our muasharat, our social life is in order, and our Akhlaq and character is being improved all the time. This is a short life. This little effort will make this very life of dunya also a place of peace and happiness for us. Because peace and happiness, this doesn't come with the things of dunya. It comes with what is in the heart. And in the heart, a person can't put money inside the heart. He can't go and put some gold and silver in his heart. The heart is a place of values. The heart is a place of iman. The heart is a place of taqwa. The heart is a place of the love of Allah Ta'ala. The heart is the place of the concern of akhirat. It's a place for compassion and kindness to one's fellow human beings. The heart is a place of forgiveness. The heart is a place of all these values. And when these values are in the heart, then that heart is alive. And that heart is healthy. That is a place that happiness comes. And when all the opposite is there, when there is malice, there is jealousy, there is hatred, there is evils, there is all kinds of filth, there is all kinds of immorality and vice, there is shamelessness in that heart. And that heart is a place of darkness. And in dark place, anybody is uneasy. Anybody is restless in a dark place. So a dark heart, no matter what is outside, can be the best of luxuries and comforts. A person can be traveling first class. But everybody at his beck and call. But if the heart is in darkness, he will be never be able to be in peace. There will be some artificial things he'll look at, keep looking for. To keep giving him some artificial kick. An artificial boost. But that can never be real. The real thing is only the love of Allah Ta'ala. Allah, with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala and the obedience of Allah Ta'ala with the hearts get that peace. So may Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we continue on this road of taqwa. We continue on the a'mal that we are performing every salah, all our five times salah daily. We perform it in time with jama'ah in the masjid and we keep up with all the other a'mal till out of the Qur'an Sharif, zikr, du'a, and the main and most important thing we stay far away from alson allah taala give us tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahirabbil alamin